Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land. And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and got some exciting things going on today. Things are always exciting on this show. If you're talking about the outdoors, it's exciting. At least to be. But I'm glad to have in the studio here with me again the Turnbow Brothers from Cherryville, Missouri. These guys, Turnbow Outdoors, are one of our sponsors, and boy, we deeply appreciate them. Uh, those guys have, uh, hey, been in the uh, outdoor business, you know, uh, all their lives, really, <laughs> because they, they're born in a great part of the outdoors here in the Missouri Ozarks. And uh, boy, I. I I've never met anybody that didn't like the Ozarks. Have you guys? No, sure haven't. No, I don't. Think, I don't think I have. <laughs> uh, absolutely, I came here, gosh, over forty years ago, and uh, left. Well, went west in the Ozarks a little bit, but turned around, came right back to uh, St. James, Missouri, after a uh, year or so, and been here ever since. I'll probably finish my term here <laughs> yeah i probably will too <laughs> not a bad place to be well you guys got some exciting news going on of course if you're you're living and working in the outdoors man there's always something exciting going on but you guys have had turnbow outdoors for several years now how long yeah. you been at it we've been at it for two years now and uh just getting wound up yeah we're getting a lot of support here recently it's just I'm really really happy with how it's going. Uh, I see that on Facebook. I follow you guys, and I see the posts you make. Uh, I I know. Uh, at any rate, you go at it hard. That's right. Oh yeah. Well, you got the advantage of youth. <laughs> <laughs> but Cherryville, Missouri, you're close to a lot of U.S. Forest Service land over there. Oh, you guys yeah. hunt the Forest Service land oh, a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's about all we hunt, really. Well, uh, I tell you that public land hunting can be uh, tough at times, but you know what? There's enough of it if you put in uh, time and uh, wear out the shoe leather. You can you can get off to yourself. Oh, yeah. Mm, yep. Yeah. If you get way back in there, you can usually do pretty good. Oh, yeah. But again, it's it's hard work. It is hard work. It's, oh, not, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but easy we probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. Although at seventy three, I'm getting beginning to like easy a little bit more oh everybody <laughs> likes easy <laughs> well you guys have got a great event coming up here and i think this is a tremendous idea which across the country particularly boy in the last 20 or 30 years we've just seen a tremendous growth in interest in outdoor programs for youth and it it all these programs came about first because of concern among the people in the outdoor industry and other people as well uh, about the future of hunting and keeping kids in the hunting and shooting sports and, and of course, same thing on uh, the fishing side. But it was interesting when all these programs started, I was, gosh, I was your guy's age, you know. Uh, how old are you guys? I am 27. Now be, I'm 29. You guys are just pups. Yeah. <laughs> still, my dad always tells me I'm wet behind the ears. Still. <laughs> he, he, he's right. 
<laughs> believe what dad tells you but yeah well i'm, I'm 73 so gosh I'm, I'm talking 40 years ago but it's probably true but i i uh worked with the national wild turkey federation quite a bit in the missouri state chapter they call it to george c clark missouri state chapter of the national wild turkey federation and i can remember having arguments with the board i sat on a board uh, couple of times and uh their idea and it wasn't bad idea at all but everybody was concerned about numbers you know individual chapters and individual states uh they competed for honors at the national level you know from national wild turkey federation so everybody liked to have a big event you know mm-hmm. and that sounds wonderful but uh, i attended a lot of local chapter events where their idea was to have 500 kids that's a lot of kids that's a lot of kids that's a lot of kids and <clears throat> they want to teach them things like how to shoot a bb gun maybe talk safety a little bit shoot a bow and i argued with them and got my ears beat down pretty good at times but that that's fine and danny you know you're introducing kids to some things that might be new to them may not be new to them but how many of them are going to stay with it after a one-day event yeah uh so a friend of mine an acquaintance wayne gendron used to be a quaker boy calls was a great gentleman had started a program called the hunter apprentice school and it was through the missouri state chapter and i think the second year that it was going uh i got involved in it and wound up me and my wife directing that program for 17 years but it was a three-day school we had kids captive audience for three days you know and uh, we didn't let them bring radios and i uh, I don't know if they even, we even had cell phones back then. I don't think they'd come <laughs> along yet. But we, we took them uh, first few camps we had. We actually went to a, we went to a game ranch in Oklahoma. Then we started going down to Licking, Missouri. And our idea was just have those kids captive for three days. Come in on Friday evening, teach them a few things on Saturday, and have an actual hunt yeah on sunday yeah and then we got to doing things like uh, hunting turkeys and ducks and doves and all all sorts of things i still hear from some of those kids today really that's really? awesome yeah. yeah one of them uh one of my first students was from uh steelville uh susan may susan may oh, no i know kidding. susan yeah, yeah. yeah. susan it was so impressive she actually actually had her come back the second year and i think the third year and she actually taught some classes and it was pretty cool to have basically i mean she was 12 13 14 years old and just pretty cool and calm and and of course her do you know her dad richie may yeah i know richie one of the best outdoorsmen ever to walk on the face of the earth so she had a good teacher and she had a really good foundation Mm -hmm. and uh i still bump into susan once while i've been following her and her son dylan you know he Uh uh, was injured early in his life quite horribly that was was a rough deal it it was rough on everybody it was all our friends but you know what uh, Susan has worked so hard for him to have opportunities. Man, he's been traveling all over mm-hmm. the country, you know, uh, and uh, participating in the Olympics and just doing great. But anyway, Susan, one of her first uh, students, still hear, hear from her and uh, some others as well. But the idea was to try to retain as many kids in the hunting, shooting sports, and fishing and the outdoors as we could. 
and <clears throat> there was no way for us to track students at that time, uh, but I feel like an awful lot of them stuck with the outdoors. Mm-hmm. All right. And you guys living out in the country, you know, you're surrounded by country kids. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, hey, I think they're the best in the world. And they're raised in uh, the outdoors, got families to teach them. Now, lo and behold, after all these arguments I had, I mean, Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Trout Unlimited, on and on and on, everybody come up with youth programs and you guys have probably watched them over the years as well and uh everybody was putting a lot of money into uh these youth programs and i'm still scratching my head just how effective are those things well 10 15 20 years into the program some big research organization come out and said your net growth in all these years zero yeah and actually in some cases the states had gone backwards in recruiting young young folks and uh, then somebody else come along and said if you want to uh, outdoor products companies they were talking to the companies if you want to have customers in the future start investing in college students yeah okay kind of makes sense uh they're active. Most of them got vehicles. They all got friends. Oh, yeah. And some of them got money, no, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we saw a lot of growth in that regard, you know. But I remember talking to a, a group down in Texas County. Uh, somebody invited me down. I spoke briefly there. But that big coyote hunt was a, a fundraiser every year in memory of a young man who had lost his life in an auto accident. But I started talking this stuff about youth programs, and boy, you could just see the scowl on people's faces. You know, they thought I was telling them, "Don't have youth programs." You know, I said that may, you know, may be the case nationally around the country, but in Texas County, Missouri, Crawford County, Missouri, Phelps County, Missouri, in the Ozarks, I think it's still a very valuable thing for us to have uh, outdoor programs. For young people. It is. That's exactly what you guys are doing. Yep. So what motivated you guys to tackle Uh, a project like this? One night, me and him was just sitting around talking about how when we was a kid, they used to have checking stations. Oh. You know, and we... said how much you just fun gave me cold chills because i loved them <laughs> yeah just it how much good. fun it was to go have you know take your deer and have it checked in but everybody else be there too you know and get to tell stories and hear stories and see everybody else that you ain't seen in 10 years yeah. you know exactly besides that you got to check out some big bucks That's, yeah there's yeah. always <laughs> some big bucks now that that was one of the best things I think that ever happened in the Missouri outdoors was the check stations. And as, as an outdoor writer and communicator, I'd go hang out there a lot of times yeah. just to get photographs of some big bucks or yeah. a kid with his first buck, yes. you know, on a grand three foot wide. And it was such a grand, it was a gold mine of information for me. And the stories that you heard, uh, it was just unbelievable. Yep. But now it's gone. Yep. Yeah, I know. And a lot of and that's what me and him was talking about. I mean, we, I mean, we really know, miss it. Yeah, I, I think so many of us <laughs> do, and I've never understood the idea of eliminating those. Uh, you know, about all I ever heard was save a few bucks. You know, yeah. but hey, man, I paid an entry fee. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I mean, just getting getting together with everybody. I just I yeah, miss all that. It, I do too. It, and 
where was the closest check station to you guys? It was uh, a Stillville, Stillville, Missouri. Stillville. Yeah. Yep. I mean, a little rural country town, you know, we all know. But, yeah, and a lot of them were out, you know, in the countryside, these little country stores, too. Yep. And I can remember, you know, going in and buying a Coke and a bologna sandwich and standing oh, yeah. around oh, yeah. and talking with people for hours. Well, I, know, I can remember with Dad being a little kid. He would harvest one. We'd go in there. Well, we might be in there for two hours. Oh, exactly. You know, just sitting around talking to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And there was always somebody you knew rolled in, oh, right, yeah. in right after you. Oh, yep. yeah. And, of course, little little competition, little braggadocia oh, yeah. going on, oh, yeah. you know. And it was just a great air that, oh, yeah. You make me sad. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I really do seriously miss uh, the check stations. And, you know, it, it was kind of boon for the economy, too, of these little rural towns and mm-hmm. country stores way out in the sticks, you know. Yep. And I've talked to several of those owners over the years because I, I love them. You know, it's hard for me to drive through old Ozark country and not stop at a country store if yeah. I see one. I mean, they're about as scarce as hen's teeth in yep. them anymore but i passed one i can't remember what county was way down south driving along in this little old closed up country store cooper's country store now, i i took about 50 photos of that <laughs> well, <place>. I would <laughs> imagine. <laughs> they, were, they were pretty cool might have been a long lost cousin yeah, who knows you know it could have been but now so that's what gave you the idea to have this youth program yeah. yes now what are you? What all are you? How's it work? Tell me about your well, youth contest. You know, most people do just a big buck contest, which that's fine. I love seeing yeah. all the kids with their big bucks. Who doesn't? But it, it, we're going to have a deer contest where all the deer can be entered. I want to see awesome. all the kids' deer come rolling in. I want to see, like you said, them four foot grins. I want to see that on <laughs> on all the kids. <laughs> And that's that's why we're gonna we're having a deer contest. Ah, okay. Uh, let's. Uh, hey, golly, boy, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna take a short break here, folks. But don't go away because we're gonna give you or these guys are gonna give you the details about this uh, Turnbow Outdoors first ever youth deer contest. We'll be right back. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. 
Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Taney Como Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573-263-8016. Again, that's 573-263-8016. Be sure and shoot straight. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I hope you joined us for the first uh, segment. If not, we'll we'll recap things just a little bit. But I've got the Turnbull brothers from uh, Cherryville, Missouri, Dalton and Justin. They're brothers, and uh, they are getting ready to put on this year the first annual Turnbull Outdoors Youth Deer Contest. And I love it, Youth Deer Contest. You mentioned in the first segment that it's not a big buck contest. It's a kid's deer. Yep. Wow. Grand idea. I don't know that I've heard of a contest exactly like this before. I'm sure there's been some around, but I don't recall any exactly like this in, in this area. How old do you have to be to enter? Uh, just youth. Yeah. Yeah. Six to 15. To, six yeah. to 15. Yeah. It don't matter. Six years old to 15 years old, they're all eligible to enter. Well, you know, they tell me that after you hit about 70, you start entering your second childhood. <laughs> I'm 73. Well, I'll tell you what, bring one down. <laughs> those, those kids might frown at a yeah. guy with a gray beard, you know. They might. <laughs> I, if I can be there at all, I'll, I'll be there because I, I love these these things. and Boy, it's just it's just a phenomenal thing. It's an emotional thing for me. I'm getting old, you know, and I've had I had a granddaughter killed her first and a grandson killed her first deer last year right out here behind the house. Yep. And man, I'm telling you what, uh hey, it'd been like us <laughs> killing that first deer would have been like us winning that billion dollar lottery. Oh, that's I'm telling you, my little boy killed his first one when he was seven. And I'm not too sure who was more happy, me, his grandfather, or him. I'm yeah. not real sure. Now, listen, you're talking about three generations yes, there right. tied yep. to a deer. Yep. yep. One yeah. deer. Yep. And I bet there was partying going on. Oh. Oh, there was some celebrating happening, yeah. I can tell you. And there I will, there was some tears shed that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? Those are memories. That child will never, ever no, forget absolutely that. Absolutely not. He'll be telling his own grandkids or great grandkids about that and uh I, I bet he'll remember every detail oh yeah and that's what that's what you're trying to do yes you're trying to mm-hmm. help make memories for that's people right. yep and and the sweet thing about it is your your seven-year-old son did he grow up a bit with killing that first deer oh yeah yeah <laughs> you were with him with him oh yeah uh, me and his grandfather we was oh, all grandpa set, was there we was all setting together yep wow okay now uh buck doe it was a little spike little spike yep probably Boy, like he a thought big he was elk. oh yeah <laughs> he thought he was proud of himself said he wasn't going to kill a doe oh. his first one was going to be a buck really yep wow he had gold set yeah there. i never yeah. had that kind of strength no the, his, his first hunt was we got lucky and set in the woods i don't know maybe an hour of that morning and that's you a know, long time for a second it is <laughs> then last year well he'd have been eight 
we hunted the first youth season, all rifle season, and he killed one the second youth season. Really? Yeah. The first morning of the youth season, we sat out there for an hour and a half. He just looks at me and says, Dad, when are they going to show up? <laughs> I said, buddy, I said, they don't happen like that all don't the time. Oh, like first exactly. Yeah. So uh, he killed the little buck. Was he able to see it coming from a long ways off? Oh, yeah. We watched oh. it from probably, I'd say, close to 100. And when he finally got his gun up, it come up over on our left. And when he, by the time he got his gun up, it was probably 40 yards Wow. Yeah, 35, 40 Was there any buck fever? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I could, I'm not sure who had it worse, him or me. Yeah. yeah. I guess, it, it, is the bucks getting closer? Any coaching going on? Any whispering? Oh, yeah. What'd you tell it. him? How'd you coach uh, him, Pop? Well, I don't really remember now. He's <laughs> too excited. Yeah. I was just trying to make sure he knew he was on it, and I'm trying to hold the vice over here to keep his gun up. Nah, it was a big ordeal. <laughs> <laughs> did did Grandpa help coach, or did he stay quiet? Oh, no, he stayed quiet. He did? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Until he shot. Yeah, until, until he shot. Until he shot. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, after the shot, what happened? After the shot, he, my boy, he just lets go of the gun. Mm-hmm. I got to grab it, turns around to me, you know, and says, oh, Dad, I got it. I said, buddy, I, and it fell right there, you know. Oh. Then I turn around and look to my dad, and my dad, he just jumps up and just goes to clapping and hollering. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the tears started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Grandpa could not have been prouder. But, you know, we know he's still a, a little guy at seven years old, but it is a rite of passage. It mm-hmm. is. At that moment. When that deer hit the ground, he's a successful hunter. Yep. And, and he, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he did a lot of target practice, did the scouting, oh, yeah. you know, the whole nine yards. And, man, you know what? Papa is the best teacher. That's right. Yep. And uh, I talked in the first segment about organization, you know, that started the youth programs. And they've all adjusted. They've all adjusted. But through all the dollars that were spent on research and all the programs, you know, that – bit the dust and that sort of thing guess who they determined who were the absolute best teachers i mean we got all this trained hunter education instructors i'm one of them used to be uh and they do a great job that's not the point but to retain that child as a hunter decades down the road the best teachers mom dad older brother cousins mm-hmm. uncles people that are in the family and you know what the common denominator there is i call it t-o-w time on the woods or in the woods that's right that is correct you have to spend the the time out there well repetition anything we do in our life we do it better if we repeat the process so your son becomes a better deer hunter a better outdoorsman you know more ethical person a conservationist umpteen things because you cared enough to take him that's right you put the time in with him and so so to grandpa you know (laughs) and hey uh, i've taken uh, you know kids uh, many times that uh, didn't have a father in the family yeah yeah and we we see an awful lot of a lot of that so you got a successful son deer hunter and he's killed how many deer now two now two now yep well, I'd say he's ruined. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's ruined. Yeah, you got him. <laughs> yeah, but 
how thankful do we need to be, you know, to to be able to live in the Missouri Ozarks, have untold acres of National Forest and Conservation Department lands that surround us, and be able to take our children into those places and teach them the things we teach them the way we want to teach them. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure Grandpa and, and you yourself uh, want that young man to continue hunting in the future and do it the way you guys yep. did it. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that cool? It is. But I had the coolest experience last year. I had a 10-year-old grandson here who had expressed the year before that he didn't think he would ever like hunting. He loves fishing, but uh, I've, I've taken him two or three years in a row, probably sitting a blind back here behind the house on a food plot, and he just didn't have the patience, you know, to even, even sit 30 minutes. Within 30 minutes, he's ready to come back to the house and do what? <laughs> Play video games. Uh, <laughs> that's the kicker. <laughs> that's a real kicker. Yeah. But, but uh, I was having a – boy, I had best food plots this last year, I guess I'd ever had, and had lots of deer, you know, six, eight, ten deer sometimes in the food plots at the, at the same time. And – I kind of tricked him a little bit, I guess. I shot a little bit of video and sent it to him, you know. And he basically asked me if I could put X on the spot. Or <laughs> 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 there, you know. But uh, we wasn't in the blind 15 minutes this time. Uh, we a little late going out. Uh, went out about 4.30. He killed that deer at 4.45. Wow. That was a little doe come out. And she about ran into the blind after <laughs> he shot this deer and ran right by us, you know. But I let him do the tracking job. I do. It wasn't going to be too difficult. But the little deer did run 60 yards probably. And But he followed the blood trail. And he, I let him stay 15, 20 yards ahead of me. And he, quote, found it by himself. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But I've had a few of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, and, of course, uh, and cell phones come into play. We took photos right quick. And oh, immediately yeah. he's on his phone calling his mom and stepdad in St. Charles to tell them about his trophy deer. <laughs> yeah. You only get that first one once. That's exactly uh, it, right. Yeah. Good point. That, that is that is right. And I don't know if that amount of excitement can ever be replicated again. Yeah. But Mm-mm. I also had a 17-year-old granddaughter who had hunted a few times. She'd never hunted with me. But uh, after... Ronnie killed his deer, and I told her about it. She got excited and wanted to come down, and she killed a small doe as well. A beautiful young lady, beautiful voice, sings uh, with a group, and just a very talented young lady. And, you know, she's beautiful, kind of prissy, you know, that sort of thing. And I thought, well, she probably won't even go look at this deer. <laughs> she was out that blind lickety split. The one day tracking <laughs> job, it, it went maybe 30 yards and piled up. But she called her dad. He just lived a mile away, and he, he ran down. Shock, surprise of my life. Jaden wanted to uh, uh, gut and field dress her own deer. Wow. wow. Yeah, I was just, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of choked up, you know. Yeah. I just kind of stood back. Uh, dad brought the knife and everything, and. Dad coached her. Grandpa stayed out of it. I just stayed back and t- took a few pictures and watched the whole thing. And when she split that deer open, you know, and they kind of spread the chest cavity, 
well, Dad, what's this? What's that? What's this do? You know, mm-hmm. and I, that girl's ought to be a surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> <Could> be. <laughs> yeah. Say she's better than me about field dressing deer. I always make him do it. Yeah, really. Yeah, I always got to. Always got to field. Dress Older brother deer. makes younger brother. Yeah, uh, see. So we have a deal. If we walk way back in on that national forest land, and if I kill one, and we don't want to drag it out, he'll clean it on the ground for me. Uh huh. And then I I field dress his deer that he kills. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad of a deal. I, I'd go for a deal like that. I don't have anybody to help me. <laughs> but uh, my little food plot here, I just got 10 acres here. Nobody on either side of me hunts. People on the back side of me, but I don't know, two or 300 acres. I think they hunt a little bit, but I think they run a lot of deer to us. But we hunt uh, primarily in the afternoons because the deer come to the f- food plots. But my little food plots, we took four deer off last year should have had six mm-hmm. had a couple of grandkids that uh kind of let them get away yeah. you know that happens too <laughs> in fact yep. uh, ronnie's older s- sister uh she'd killed a deer a couple of years ago and had them both in blind at the same time uh, that was a little uh, uh fiasco <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> but but uh had uh her i think once by herself and she was facing the west and where deer usually come from, well, a big doe came out from the south, was coming right up a woods lane, you know. And I was telling her, get her gun, <laughs> move your gun slowly and quietly. <laughs> you ever told them to do that? Zip, you know, yeah. make, make, bump it into stuff. And uh, But the deer, the deer still stayed there and uh, finally got broadside for a shot but was walking, and I was trying to get uh, – or squared around and get it. It's like she, she didn't want to shoot a deer that was walking even ultra, ultra slow and wound up letting the deer get away. Well, Ronnie was trying for his second deer and it was it was getting we're losing light pretty fast, but it came out to the west. Well, he was faced to the south, so same scenario, you know, move your little short 30th that's hurting, you know, move it slowly and quietly, you know, zipped it over real fast and. Banging it off the blind. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the deer was still standing there. And he's looking through his scope, and he's I can't find it, Grandpa. And I look through it. Clear as a bell, you know. Keep looking. Well, he was getting frustrated, and his sister says, well, let me shoot it. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, now, that's, that's the stuff goes on in blinds that you oh, never, oh, yeah. ever forget. No. And I know they've told their stories over and over and over, you know, but I never get tired of listening to them. No, I could listen to stories all day long about that. Oh, particularly with with the kids. Well, last segment coming up, and we're going to get into the hard details of this Turnbow Outdoors first annual youth deer contest. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Bass fishing on the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed and had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, 
and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at bassandbaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri, dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, and you can find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number, one 800 by dirt. Living the dream outdoor properties. Any good shot will have his days when he's right and the birds come easy, said Ray P. Holland in Shotgunning in the Lowlands in 1945. Hey, the shotgun seasons are rapidly approaching. In fact, Tomorrow, September 1st, the Missouri dove season will start. Thousands of shotgunners will spread out across the Show Me State in hopes of taking down some doves. Better take a lot of shells. Dove hunting is a great social sport all the way from the Boot Hill of Missouri to the Iowa border. There's doves scattered all over the state. A lot of conservation department areas, about 100 of them will have dove fields, so look one up. Grab a buddy and go out and burn up some shells. And not far behind that uh, will be the uh, Missouri teal season, which will start on the 10th. Fast flying birds, great eating birds, the best eating duck in the country. Blue winged teal. Their numbers are up about 25% this year, although most duck numbers are down 15 to 20%. Still going to be lots of ducks to hunt in this central flyway, though. So be sure and get your migratory bird cards, get that duck stamp, get ready to go dove and teal hunting in the early part of September. And those of us who derive enjoyment from the flight of wildfowl and who know Arkansas's Grand Prairie, a wistful nostalgia for its Pin Oak Flats simmers and simmers throughout spring and summer months. It boils over from the first yellow leaf of autumn, whispers that the hunting winds are on their way. That comes from Edward Queenie and Prairie Wings, 1946. Wise words that are still so true even yet today. But, uh, hey, some recipes I want to bring to you as well. Here's one from the, hey, the old turkey hunter way down south, Eddie Salter. Sent a recipe called Spicy Bacon Doves. He says take 12 to 15 doves and 12 to 15 slices of bacon strips. Italian dressing, salt and pepper, and jalapeno peppers. I guess that's where the heavy spice comes from. But Eddie says to preheat the oven to 400 degrees or fire up the grill. Let bacon strips set at room temperature for about 30 minutes. Place doves in a bowl and marinate in Italian dressing for about one hour. Pour off the marinade, salt and pepper the doves. Take one jalapeno pepper and place against a dove breast. Wrap bacon strip around dove and pepper. Prick with a uh, toothpick to hold it on. Repeat the process for every dove. Place on a grill or wrap in foil and bake in the oven 30 to 45 minutes. 
or until you think they're done. But leave them just a hair on the rare side. They'll be just a little uh, bit better. But, boy, nothing like fresh doves before they're frozen. Use them while they're fresh. Get your buddies together, kill a bunch of them, and then cook them up. But another great recipe, I actually sent this one in to the Outdoor Celebrities Cookbook, which I published in 1999. But uh, just take one till per person. You know, they're small birds that weigh about six ounces. You need some salt and pepper, some favorite stuffing mix, strips of bacon, and cooking oil. Clean the till really well. Rub each carcass with uh, cooking oil or olive oil, I prefer. Salt and pepper the carcasses. Prepare a stuffing mix as directed on the package. Fill the cavities up with a stuffing. Wrap the breasts of teal with strips of bacon. Roast in a covered dish at 350 degrees for about 20 minutes. Don't overcook them. Oh, people so often overcook duck. That's the reason they don't like it. Uh, you lose the flavor and makes them tough as well. But a duck is most flavorful if it's cooked on the rare side. So keep that in mind outdoor activities generate more hot air than any other sport pursuit if all the fish and game stories all the tales of endurance and survival and the like were stuffed into an enormous plenum with a big fan behind it they easily would melt the polar ice cap that came from missouri joe vance who was the editor of missouri conservation magazine for about 25 years now gone and terribly missed Joe Vance, that statement came from Confessions of an Outdoor Maladrop. Boy, could he ever tell some tales. Missed that guy terribly. Hey, some other events coming up. On the show, you listen to the Turnboy, uh, Turnbow Brothers from Cherryville, Missouri, and they are quite the outdoorsmen, Dalton, Justin, Turnbow. They're getting ready to hold the first annual Turnbow Outdoors Youth Deer Contest. That's October 29th and 30th uh, during the Missouri Youth uh, deer season and they will check deer in from 8 a.m to 8 p.m on both days saturday and sunday at the old buyers and cottrell uh store it's an old country general store uh down cherryville missouri so if you're anywhere close or if you want to drive a long ways be sure and bring your child or your you know a kid that you've taken hunting bring in their deer we all consider every deer a trophy and certainly in the eyes of a child going to be, be some great prizes there too uh, i know there's going to be some deer mounts given away uh certificates for deer mounts there's some blinds tree stands all kinds of hunting paraphernalia i know of at least one huge wall hanging wonderful photograph of deer uh and lots of gift certificates as well but it'd be a good time for the kids and certainly a great time uh, for the adults bringing their kids in. And this is kind of, a, I guess, a reestablishment of the old check-in stations. We all miss them, you know, but a lot of them are held out in the country at country stores like Byron Cottrell. And uh, there will be some uh, great food there. I understand they've got biscuits and gravy at that place. I'm going to get there early. So I'll make sure I get my share of the biscuits and gravy. Now, there, there's a big event coming up at the Cooper Household, my home, right here out of St. James, Missouri, on Saturday, September 17th, starting at 8 a.m. We're having a huge auction. Yeah, I'm selling a lot of my life outdoor supplies. Uh, there'll be guns and ammo, 
tons of fishing rods. I got saltwater rods. I got trout fishing equipment, catfishing equipment, bass fishing equipment, tons of lures, soft plastics, and lots of other paraphernalia, including climbing tree stands, hey, some ladder stands, all kinds of outdoor stuff and some household stuff and antiques as well. So be sure and come out Saturday, September 17th. As you leave St. James on B Highway, just follow the Lord's auction signs. You won't have a bit of trouble of finding us. Hey, and I encourage you to get into the outdoors, man. Fall is creeping up on us. Here it is, August 31st, and, man, fall is right around the corner. I mentioned earlier, uh, dove season starts tomorrow, September the 1st, the 10th. We'll have uh, teal season, the 15th, uh, bow season for deer and wild turkey. So be sure. Hook up with somebody if you're not savvy about how to hunt. Lots of hunts going on. The conservation department uh, putting a lot of hunts on. Find somebody to take you if you don't know how to do it on your own. But so much personal satisfaction in the outdoors. Just being outdoors, enjoying the fresh air, being with good company, learning about nature, discovering new areas. There's a ton of benefits to going into the outdoors and enjoying what God has given to us. I'm Bill Cooper. We'll see you down the road. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors. I'm Bill Cooper, and I've had on the program with me Dalton and Justin uh, Turnbow with Turnbow Outdoors from Cherryville, Missouri. And these guys, if you can't if you can't tell, they're real hillbillies. That's right, and proud of it. <laughs> you, you're right. I am proud of it. <laughs> oh, I, I did. I'm almost jealous. I wasn't raised in the Ozarks. I was raised in the swamps of southeast Missouri, but uh, I claim to be a hillbilly too. You know, <laughs> I wanted to be a hillbilly, man. It sure beat picking cotton. I stay there. Right. Yeah. And I used to tell my dad as soon as I got out of high school, I was heading to the hills because all the guys did up there, the farmers, was all they do was sit on the front porch and watch the cows get fat, you know. <laughs> yep. Well, it's a little more complicated than it's that. It's a little more. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but you guys have got a, a great event coming up this fall. And what are the dates of this first annual Turnbull Outdoors Youth Deer Contest? It is October 29th and the 30th. That's the youth deer season. Yep, that yes. is the youth deer season. Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. That's good to know. Now, is that check-in times, I guess? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's a nice long day. That's 12 hours, you know. It's going yeah. to be a long weekend, but it's it's going to be worth it. Yeah, and that's both days. Yes. Yep. Okay. Now, what do the children have to register or anything like that or just show up with their deer? All they got to do yeah. is show up with their deer. We'll take their names, and we're going to give them a ticket for prizes. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, how's the prize situation going? You're getting a lot of donations? Oh, well, I'm actually surprised got, at the amount. You know. I, can, I can name off a lot of prizes that I, I can't believe the amount of support we have got through this. That's awesome. Like Tacticam, they sent us uh, three solo cameras. Really? Yep. Uh, Onyx Hunts, they sent us five. Five. Five premium memberships. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. And just, you know. Those are big uh, companies. Got, yes. We got in the mail yesterday two tickets to Wonders of Wildlife in Springfield. Yep, from Bass Pro. The aquarium at Bass Pro. Is um, that right? Yeah, we've got a few little knives. Yep. One from Cousins Pond in Salem. I mean, it's just unreal. Uh, adding up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and first place 
for the biggest buck, uh, Glendale Turnbo with TNT Taxidermy. Yep. Donated a free shoulder mount. Yep. Uh-huh. And, yep. And then after the, the kid wins the biggest buck, he's not eligible to win the second big prize. Right. And the second prize is going to be a brand new youth deer rifle. Wow. Why didn't they have things like this when I was growing up? I, I, I kind of thought that's what I We didn't have deer in the boot hill. I didn't see a, a deer to us almost in college or turkey either yeah. one. You know. But wow, that's just outstanding. Well, I got surprised too. You sit, sit down out on the front porch. I got a nice big blind for you. And actually, I bought it for myself. Got a well of a deal on it somewhere. And I went out and grabbed Uncovered it. <laughs> I'm getting ready for a big auction. Uncovered it while I was. I thought, boy, that Turnbo boys could use well, that. Thank you. I appreciate yes, that, that very is, much. That's hey, awesome. it's it's good size. It'll probably hold dad and a kid and three or four grandpas. Grandpas, he wants to. Yeah, but no, we have got a lot of support through this, and I I really I'm I'm surprised at the amount of support that people have, has give us. Well. Uh, I know you guys are not the type to brag on your yourselves, no. but people appreciate what you're doing. And Turnbow's been around Cherryville for a long time. Long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember 30 years ago delivering yeah. UPS down there. Mm-hmm. And there are several Turnbows in that There's area. Lots oh, of I'm sure you've probably been to my mom and dad's house. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no doubt. But I, I tell you what, I love the Hill people. You know, I've, I've worked uh, 34 years at UPS. And, Never went into management. That was my original intention. But, boy, you know what? You run a UPS route, kind of like running a mail route, you know. You go down all the hills and hollows, oh, right? Yeah. And you meet some of the most interesting people, man. And 99.9% of them are absolutely wonderful. Yep. You know, In fact, <laughs> I, it was down towards Christmas one year, and I delivered, wow, down towards Salem and over to the mines at Viburnum and back around through steelville rural routes and boy at christmas we worked a lot of 11 12 hour days sometimes it got over 12 hours but i remember one snowy cold evening it was just a day or two before christmas eve i was coming up highway 19 and pulled off into somebody's driveway and i got out of the truck i could smell something cooking mm. <laughs> and i was starving to death boy and i walked up on his porch knocked on the door and this old gentleman came to the door and he's overalls you know and he said young man are you hungry i said man i am starving to death he walked in the kitchen and come back and he had a deer steak mm. bigger than Two pieces of light bread, you know. <laughs> Just come out of the skillet, man. He said, I sprinkled that with popcorn salt. Will that be all right? <laughs> I'd have hugged him and kissed him. <laughs> That's if, right. If he'd have left me. Oh, my goodness, was that ever good. But I, I cannot tell you how many times that people in that part of the world gave me something to eat late in the evening, you know. And boy, lunch had yep. passed a long time ago, yeah. you know. And it just not a lot of places to find uh a meal that late in the evening, but cookies and all sorts of things. So I reap the benefit of the good hearts of people in the Steelville, Cherryville, Davisville, Viburnum, Boss, Bixby area. Many times over, you guys are reaping the same rewards right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and people do appreciate good hearts, appreciate, you know, good ethics, appreciate good hard work. And uh, you, you guys again are a well-known family name in that area. So I, I, I don't, I can't think of anybody 
right off the top of my head that would be better to put on this event. Yeah. And, and your young men, too. Man, that's another great thing to see. And that's a criticism that I hear a lot these days, particularly from all the conservation organizations. You know, so I hear it so many times. Man, the young folks are just not volunteering like folks did 30, 40, yeah, 50 yeah. years ago. And that, that's true to a point because it takes um, – <clears throat> It takes a lot of work to put mm-hmm. something like this together. And it's difficult, too, to ask people to give, you know. Yes, it uh, is. It, it, it's hard, but it takes a personality type to mm-hmm. be successful at, at doing that. And uh, I, I think you guys have hit the nail on the head here. Yeah. In fact, I was just on the phone this morning. I can't call any names, because, but there's a big uh, uh, outdoor riders convention going on uh not too far from here this year, and a friend of mine uh, got a hornswoggle in and kind of coordinating the outdoor events. And <laughs> he was whining this morning, <laughs> Bill, don't ever volunteer for anything like this. <laughs> it's a huge, huge job. Now, do you think with your contest, and this being the first one, you think you'll get a lot of girls participate? I hope. I hope I see them all. I hope you do, too, because, well, for the last 20 years or so, women, young ladies, girls, have been the biggest populace coming into say, the hunting yeah, and shooting sports. They're coming in fast. They may. They I surprise hope so. you. I, I hope they do, too. And uh, I laughed, well, at one of the last Hunter Apprentice schools I had, well, take that back, it wasn't a hunter apprentice school. I worked several years for the Land Learning Foundation up on Missouri River. These uh, young gentlemen owned 20,000 acres. Uh, Their father had been very successful in the heavy equipment business. Evans Heavy Equipment. Pop had uh, made a fortune after World War II selling uh, heavy equipment to the county road departments. And these guys sell worldwide now. But, boy, they had a heart for youth. They were big waterfowl hunters. They had renovated 11,000 acres of wetlands. I mean, wow. built, built levees, and they had divided up into sales. But, of course, being run along the Missouri River, I mean, they had fabulous waterfowl hunting, deer, turkey yeah. hunting, uh, did dove hunts up there. But, well, the last deer hunts uh, I held up there, and I had a young lady from Viburnum, Martin Barton's daughter. No, Martin Barton from Viburnum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah his daughter, she's probably. 30 years old now probably but she was there and i think there were seven girls and five boys at that camp if i remember right there wasn't a boy in camp that killed a deer and all seven girls <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now you you talk about some smack talk yeah, going, I bet going there was. The, the young ladies really put it on the boys and it, it was absolutely hilarious that would have been fun. Oh, that's one of the things you want to be there to see yeah, I'd, I'd like yeah. to have seen that one. Oh, it, it was great uh, those boys were all red-faced and had their tails tucked between their legs. <laughs> Boy, they thoroughly got thumped on that one. Yeah. But regardless, you know, I wish you guys well with this, and uh, it can't help but be successful. I, yeah. I pray that it is successful. Well, uh, I have no doubts about it with uh, all the hard work you put into it, the people you've gotten involved. That's that's impressive, particularly for the first time. You yeah. Know. And I can remember back in the days when we were doing the Hunter Apprentice School, it was incredible. 
really incredible. Of course, going through the state chapter of National Wild Turkey Federation, we kind of had some clout there. But we would literally send every child home with about $300 worth of merchandise. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was quite phenomenal. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he came out with the first turkey hunting vest that had the stadium seat in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> he used to send us one of those turkey vests every year. Uh, Bill Jordan, a real tree, would send a complete yeah. set of camo for him and turkey calls and gloves and masks and just shotgun shells on and on and on and we usually gave away a shotgun as well so you're making an impression on young people that will last a lifetime yeah and, and i'll man i commend you guys for that and again i know it's a tremendous amount of work but somebody's got to do it that's right <laughs> I, you know i got to give all praise to my wife because she has she has got a lot of our donations for us. Really? Well, well buddy, that that helps a lot when you've got a life partner that'll pitch yeah. in and help too. And I'm sure the wives will be at the event. I bet Grandpa will be there too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, that's another impression that you're making on young folks when they can see family units enjoying the outdoors together. There is no better example anywhere. I mean, hey, I'd rather see that as to see Bill Jordan or Walter Parrott. Walter Parrott's a dear friend. Uh, those guys, I'd much rather see a family unit there together, laughing, having a good time, and encouraging those kids. And support. I, I just can't imagine the stories are going to be told. And I bet you guys have a few jollies going on, oh, too, yeah. oh, laughing so. and poking fun and <laughs> just having a, a grand old time. Well, once again, as if we begin to wrap things up here, uh, give me the basics of the contest again. The basics of the contest, ages 6 through 15 are eligible to enter. It, it is going to be at Bowers and Cottrell's in Cherryville, Missouri. That's the that's the location of the event. That's the old country store? The yep. old country is store. Is this still open? It's still open. The old rock house, the old wow. rock building. Really? Yes, it yep. is still open. Wow. Awesome yeah. location. Yes. Yep. Everybody it's, knows Bowers and Cotton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be October 29th and the 30th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and we're going to have a ton of prizes for the kids. Wow, that is just incredible. They don't serve biscuits and gravy there by any chance. Yes, they, yes do. they do. You're kidding. And I will say they got the best cheeseburger in town, too. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I might have to get back down and visit that place, yeah. but I'll be there bright and early that that morning, unless I got kids of my own to hunt. Yeah. Of course, we can hunt and then come down there. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Bring, hopefully, I, you got something to bring. Yeah, I hope scenes have a deer come in with you. Well, we'll we'll have to work on that. But I'll be calling ahead of time. Have you reserved me some biscuit and gravy? Because they could disappear in a hurry. You know. <laughs> well, what a grand event! And again, I congratulate you guys for for having a gumption, a will to to want to tackle something like this. And and you know, your job's only going to get bigger. You do realize oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you may have to solicit some more help down the road, but I'm sure that won't won't be a problem. Nah, it won't be too hard. No, we got a pretty good family support behind yep. it. We got his wife, and then my aunt. She's going to be sitting the entire time, and we're taking the kids hunting. Yep, they're going to be there the entire and, time. Uh, yeah. Huh. Well, sound like you've got it all planned oh, out. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To the T. Of course, I've, I've worked on enough programs that uh, you know that can be some little uh, hiccups, but Hey, that's what beginnings are about. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. And uh, it'll only get better uh, as you go, man. But, hey, I always at the end of the program, I like to encourage people. 
you guys are living an outdoor dream. I've lived an outdoor dream my entire life, and I'm still living at 73. It's a dream come true to be able to sit here in my office with you, you guys and talk about doing great things for youth in the outdoors. I just don't think there's a greater calling in life. No, nope, me neither. Because, uh, man, and I, I've helped so many young folks over the years to get outdoor businesses started or contests or things like this, and I, I love to tell them, and what your eyes light up, you know. I know you love this. I know you're you're doing it uh, because you love it. But guys, it's super important. Oh yeah, it's really important. Yes, for it the is. future of the hunting and conservation in this country. And I, I just thank the good Lord that we got so many people, particularly in our part of the world, that are into this kind of thing. That's why you're getting the sports yep, you're yep. getting. It, it is. It, it really is. But again, congratulations and folks. We encourage you. To get outdoors and live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, the Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities.
Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.